0: Welcome back to Aliyah Yomi. Today we're going to be learning Va'era Shri, the last Aliyah in Parshas Va'era. The topic of our Aliyah is Borod, is Hail. We are here now at this point in time, Moshe and Aaron are already giving the speech to Pharaoh about this plague that is about to come. It's called Ma Ge All My Plagues. And this is a very serious plague that we're about to hear impending. Our Aliyah is 19 Sukkim Long, and it is from Perak Tes, Posugi Yud to Laman He. Very basic overview and that is is that now the threat continues, and Hashem says, I'm going to bring this terrible hail upon you tomorrow, and there never was, there never was, you've never ever seen such a plague of hail, ever. And I'm I'm going to tell you that if you take anything in from the fields, it will not be affected, but anything which left outside will be killed. And we hear that there were people, Yoreyes, Devar Hashem, there were those who... Were getting the message and they brought in their livestock and there were those who lost some elderly boy they didn't pay attention and they left their the servants and their livestock in the fields now what happens the next day Hashem tells it tells Moshe to stretch out his hand to the heavens and the hail started and it landed on human beings and animals and the crops everything in Egypt and it was a terrifying play we hear eish art, so there's fire coming down and there's hail coming down there's Borrowed, There's fire in the hailstones, as the Pasuk describes it is. There's never been anything like it, as it's described. It, 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 it really destroys everything that's outside in the field, any, any, any trees, any crops that are growing. But in the area of Goshen, which is where the Israelites are mostly living, that's, uh, that does, is not affected primary, And at this point, Pharaoh calls Moshe, and he says, I've sinned, apam. You think, wow, this is a breakthrough moment. It's incredible. Please, Jesus, pray for me. And, uh, and I, I just can't take this anymore. I can't stand this. And Moshe says, I will. I'll go out of the Sireen. I'll spread my palms to the heaven and, and, uh, and stop all, all this. Because uh, you should know that Hashem owns the earth. And, um, and that's what goes on. He, uh, he goes out and he prays to our Kodesh The 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 lightning, the thunder, everything stops. And Paro sees that stopped, and he says, He doesn't, he doesn't, he reneges on his promise once again, and he keeps the nation of Israel. A few basic points is, what is this business with the, the fire, the hail, what's going on over here? Rashi says this again is a miracle within a miracle, where you have fire within water, usually these are two opposite forces in nature, and yet the two coexist, which is a remarkable idea over here. However, Rav Sarotsky points out in those 9 Torah that if you look at the 2 Pesukim, there's two descriptions of the fire as it relates to the hail. The first pasuk describes that there is fire which is coming down from the heavens, and the next one is that there is fire in the bar. And he points out that the first pasuk is actually describing lightning. He's describing that it starts as a very ferocious storm with fire coming down, that's lightning. The next Pesuk describes how it started as a natural storm and then turned very soon into, very quickly, into a supernatural storm which could not be explained just by regular physics as well. It's worthwhile noting that there's another question over here. That is, how could it be? If you think about this, the, the passage describes that there are two groups of people. The array of Hashem, those who fear God, and they took the Egyptians who took the cattle in, and they were the ones who didn't. Somebody by. Really? I mean, I think about this for just a moment over here. Moshe Benu has a batting average of six for six, right? He's... He is he promised and he is foretold and everything he said that would happen did happen. Now, imagine this. Imagine you're planning a family picnic one Sunday and you look at the weather and it says there's a 40% chance of rainfall. Well, you, you just make an alternative plan. You just, you, you're careful because it, there's a possibility. right? If you trust the, the weatherman enough to make an alternative plan, then surely when Moshe Rabbeinu, who's got 100% accuracy... Why? Why you don't just hedge your bets and bring the animals inside? What? What in the world is going on over here? How do we understand this? So the most basic understanding of this, an interesting point that the Ozayn Torah points out, is that if you look at it very carefully, actually, it's not clear that everybody knew about this as well. So it seems to be that, it, it, that he points out that um, Paro didn't actually tell the warning of that coming plague to his servants right so it's uh, it describes only the servants of Pharaoh brought in the animals which meant to say that he did not broadcast this to national society did not put this on the evening broadcast in his armchair discussion with the people he didn't want people to know about this so only those in the inner circle and cabinet kind of knew about this and that's the ones who took it in which is again an expression of a demonstration of and the types of type of leader that Pharaoh is, and there have been many and are many today who the people are really an instrument for their own political ends. So if, if, yes, you know okay, so they'll lose a number of you know people and, and animals, but I, I, I need to prove a point and I don't want people getting into panic and I don't want them thinking that Moses is going is believable. so I'm not going to tell them. So that's really what happened. a terrible, terrible description of how leaders can not, not inform their nation because of their own political interests. However, there's another perspective here that the Medrash says that one of those people, the pair who did not bring in their cattle, was Bilam himself. Now, what that probably means that it counts for one person, but there's certainly others as well. But it means that this is the archetype of character called Bilam. Bilam is the kind of person who lives that type of life. So, for instance, you know, Bilam's the person later on in life who's when he's riding his donkey, and his donkey keeps going off the path, he keeps beating it. And then when the angel appears, when his donkey starts talking to him, he starts talking back. I mean, can you imagine? Your car starts acting up and your car starts talking to you. you just just carrying the conversation without skipping a beat. I mean, Bilan is, is, is clearly not with the program. He's not, he's not getting what's going on around him. And Rakhim Shom and in Sechos Musa explains that that's how it works in life, is that when you have chosen not to see something, you will not see it wherever you go. And if you have chosen to see it, you'll see it wherever you go. Bilam and the, that archetype of character are the kind of people, those they simply aren't interested in God in their lives. And because God is not a factor in their lives, they don't really care. They're not going to see it. It's not going to matter to them because they will interpret the reality and they'll paint the the, 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 the targets around their arrows wherever they go in life. And that's the type of people we're talking about over here, and the archetype being Now Another question over here is why did Moshe Rabbeinu leave the city to pray for this plague? We don't see that explicitly as much in most of the other plagues. So actually, says because the city was filled with idols, which is strange. It makes you think, well, what about the other plagues? So the, the general understanding is that this actually happened with all the other plagues as well. However, the and the Chizkuni point out a very interesting thing. And that is, is that the reason why there were more idols in the city now was because there were those people who, Yireh Hashem, who feared God or at least took, um, took Hedon's um heed to bring their cattle in and they served their cattle and sheep, which means to say most of their cattle and sheep for those who feared God was no longer in the field. It was in the houses. And, and therefore there was more idolatry in the houses than there ever was before, which is why Moshe Beno had to leave the city. Another perspective is that share of the Rivar. The Rivar points out a very beautiful thing, and he says that Moshe Rabbeinu wanted to bring himself to an emotional state where he could pray for the Egyptians in a meaningful way, and so he said, "Let me go out to the countryside and see the devastation. Let me see what the crushed fields, and knowing that the year is going to be a very, very fraught year with no food and destroyed properties, and billions of uh, um, of Egyptian dollars um, being uh, going down the." the to waste because of this plague let me see that destruction and when i can fully see it then i'm going to be in an emotional state to pray for it in a much more comprehensive way a lot of times are seeing is believing we need to actually go there in order to be able to do this as well finally the last question is how did the plague stop so the pastor tells us it only stopped when moshe went out of the city and davened the Rav Hirsch points out that the power of hashem is more easily seen in the plague's from the fact he can stop a plague rather than create a plague. And we see this consistently throughout all the plagues. And that is because in life, it is much easier to destroy things than it is to stop destroying and to fix things. It's much easier to to break a glass than to make a glass. It's much easier to hurt a person irrevocably in a relationship than to build a relationship. That is the way of the world. And Hashem was demonstrated, the power of Hashem was being demonstrated over here through Moshe Rabbeinu in his ability to stop a plague, not to start. it. It is much easier to create an avalanche than to save oneself from an avalanche. And that's what's being demonstrated, the power and control of opening and closing, which is over here. One more interesting point as we close this parasha and the mayoral points this out in Gvuras. Hashem, did you notice that all the markers we've looked at up till now and as we will continue to look at, are moving upwards. They start in the waters and they creep out of the waters onto terra firma and then from terra firma to the animals, then from the animals to the humans, and then from the humans to the air. And we see an upward movement of the plagues, just understanding it from that perspective, which gives us a sense of the movement. But we'll look at the greatest structure perhaps next week's parasha. Have a wonderful, meaningful day and a inspiring Shabbos.